Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Thanks, Matt, for those songs. Well, we're in a series uh, we're calling Under the Sun. It's uh, just a time of looking at the wisdom from, um, from Ecclesiastes. And last week we talked about the search for meaning. And Matt, I just have to tell you, great singing. Thanks for leading us and leading our hearts in worship to God. I don't know if you picked up on what Matt was doing with many of those songs, but he was trying to get to lift up our eyes past this earth, and that's why we sang some of those, to think about eternity. Do you notice the songs about heaven? And uh, this is our Father's world, and we're just passing through. And so tonight we're going to talk about uh, Ecclesiastes 3, and we've titled it A Time for Everything. And so there's, there's time for this sermon tonight because there's a time for everything. There's an old preacher joke about a preacher that walked into the breakfast table and he had a big cut on his face. And his wife asked him what had happened. And he said, well, I was... He replied that he was concentrating on his sermon while he was shaving and he cut his face. His wife said, well, you should have been concentrating on, on your shaving and cut your sermon. <laughs> Boom. So we'll, we'll keep that in mind tonight. We'll... But there's, there's time, there's time. But time can be very confusing. And while you believe that truth, there's a time for everything, don't you feel like sometimes you don't understand how time can go by so quickly or, or how it changes or how, how it fits into who we are and what we do? When I think about time, my favorite little poem that I've used before is entitled, Is, Is, What Was, Was by Tom Hicks. So here's how it goes. And is is just a was that was, and that is very small. And is is was so soon it almost wasn't is at all. For is is only is until it wa is a was, you see. And as an is advances to remain an is can't be. Because if is is to stay an is, it isn't is because another is is where it was and is is then a was. Time can be really confusing, can it? You know, learning how to understand time and what time it is and what's supposed to happen is, an, is, is very challenging for life. And it can be a little bit confusing because we have different views of time. And so we want to pause for just a few minute, let, minutes and let God talk to us about how he sees time and how he knows we understand time. So a view of time, our time, man's time versus how man sees time and how God sees time. We're going to start in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in his time. He's also set eternity in the, in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. 
What a beautiful thought. God does make everything beautiful in its time. It's hard to understand what God has done from, from the beginning to the end. He is eternal. But even though it's hard for us to understand, it can be a little bit confusing at times, He has set eternity in our hearts. So we need to be able to try and struggle with this and learn to see things and see time as God sees time. Another passage that speaks very loudly to this is in Psalms chapter 90. And so we'll be referencing that several times as well. But let's go back to, go to Psalms 90 verse 2. The last half where it says, that speaks to God's view. When it says, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. I mean, you, you and I are, are, will die on this earth, but we live on. Eternity awaits us. But we are... We aren't from everlasting to everlasting. We might be immortal, but God is eternal. He has always been. And so we have to learn to understand that God sees time different from us and to learn to see time as God does. Back in our text in Ecclesiastes 3.20, all go to the same place, all come from dust, and to dust all return. God is eternal, but I am a creature of dust. Genesis 3 speaks to that truth where it says, By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Nothing stands out more loudly to us about time than when we stand by a graveside. And we think of these words. From dust you are, and to dust you will return. Again in Psalm 90, verse 3, you turn people back to dust, saying, Return to dust, you mortals. And so I am a very short-lived, short-lifed person. But God is eternal. But our time here is numbered. And just to see that contrast in a more powerful way, uh, Psalm 90 continues in verse 6, verse 4. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it is dry and withered. God is different. He sees things different. And there is a contrast in how he views time and how I view time. Peter shared these same thoughts in 2 Peter 3, 8 when he said, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. So it's pretty obvious God doesn't count time like we count time. He sees things different, and we struggle with timing. Like the uh, old story about the husband who was waiting to leave for church and waiting on his wife, and for the umpteenth time he said, Are you ready yet? And she yelled back, Why don't you keep quiet? For the last hour I've been telling you I'll be ready in a minute. You know, we just, timing is different for us. So with these thoughts of how God and I see time differently, let's go back to Ecclesiastes 3 and the text that we read just a moment ago. Ecclesiastes 3, beginning in verse 1. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. So he's going to contrast the times of life and how they vary. And they do vary, don't they? Just pause and think about it. How you have seen timed time 
and how you viewed time and how it's changed over the years. Verse 2, a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. So the question begs itself for you right now, what time is it? Where do you find yourself in this varying timeline of life? And if there's a time for everything, why is it I feel like there never is enough time? Why do I feel like I'm out of time? It's because God views time differently than the way I view it. So what scale do you use to know time? How do you view time and eternity? You know, in this day and age where our watches, many of our watches and our phones automatically update to the correct time, it's not so hard to stay on time. But that hasn't always been the case. There's an old story that illustrates the point I'm trying to make here. It's back in the days of factories where people carried watches in their pocket and they had to set it. And a factory worker, as the story goes, one of his jobs was to blow the 5 o'clock whistle to let all the workers know they could go home. And he wanted to be on time, so every morning as he walked to work to the factory, he walked by a jeweler's store, and there was a grandfather clock, and he always stopped, pulled out his pocket watch, and set it to the grandfather clock so he would be on time. One day when he was walking by in the morning, the uh, shop owner was out sweeping his porch. And so he says, how do you keep such good time on your grandfather clock? And he says, easy, easy. Every day when the factory whistle blows, I set the clock to match it. So where are you going to figure out what kind of time you have? To figure out what time it is. Are you on this cycle here on this earth where you're letting the world define it? Are you trying to define it for the world? Or do you go to God and let Him help us know what time it is? See, I need God's help to know time. I need God's help to use my time wisely. Only through Him can I do that. Psalm 90, verse 12. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. You know, we, we uh, do a better job of numbering years, don't we? But maybe we ought to do a better job of numbering our days because we just live one day at a time. And we need to let God help us to know how to use our time wisely. And then as we do that, we need to let God help us to learn to be satisfied in the time that we have. Psalm 90, verse 14. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Psalm 90, verse 14. I need God's help to learn to be satisfied. Do you remember the story of the children of Israel? And when they were wandering in the wilderness and how God every morning provided manna for them. 
And he had rules for the manna, that they were just to get enough for the day, and they were to collect it, and they would have a sufficient amount for the day. And then they would take that with them for that day to, to be a, uh, a reminder that God had provided for this day. And not to take more because it would spoil or rot, to take enough for this day. I hope that God will help me and you learn to be satisfied with the time it is, the day he has given us. Because this isn't the end game. 1 John 2.17 says, This world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So we need to have that eternal perspective. Because the things of this world, that stress that oftentimes pushes us and drives us in our time schedule, is going to pass away. So let's learn to be satisfied doing what God wants us to do with the time he gives us. And I also need God's help to help me discover purpose for my life. Back over in Psalm chapter 90, verses 16 to 17. May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. See, there is something for me to do while I'm here. You're not, we're not supposed to just so much look forward to Jesus' return that we don't work, be lazy, and use that as an excuse not to do anything. We, are, we have purpose, that our deeds, the things that we do, how we live our lives might be shown to, our, to those around us. And the benefit of living like God wants us to live, may it be witnessed by our children and by our families. So God has a reason for us to be here. Let's build a life according to that purpose. You build it the way the world says to build it, that's just like building on that sand. But let's be people that have rock-solid lives so that we can have rock-solid children and friends and family. We need to discover God's purpose for our lives. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. That's what counts. I mean, we have a purpose for being here. Let's build that life on the rock, on Jesus and his purpose. And if we do that, our time here, our living for God, is not in vain. It has a reason. And because of these, of how God made time and how he put eternity in our hearts and how he teaches us to view our time here on this earth, and how he helps us learn to be satisfied and learn how to use our time and to discover our purpose, we can live lives that are filled with joy and happiness and contentment and fulfillment. Paul would also say in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning in verse 16, Therefore do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. In other words, we have a perspective that's different. Yeah, there are challenging times here on this earth that we're having to deal with. But don't, let be, don't be so focused on this that you can't see what's in front of us. So verse 18, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So what's your focus? How's your week looking? don't have much going on or are, is it packed tight and you're not for sure how you're going to accomplish all the things on your schedule 
no matter what your week looks like, whether it's another week of ho-hum living or a week filled so tightly that you're not for sure how you're going to breathe, all of us need to lift up our eyes and see what is most important and what is often unseen. For as we turn our eyes down and look at our schedules, we oftentimes miss an eternal viewpoint and how this fits and how this is a season of life we find ourselves in. And there's time. There's time for everything. Paul said in Romans 8, 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. I mean, that's God's perspective. Yeah, it's challenging times, but there is something that waits for us. And that's where we need to be looking. It far outweighs them all. But as we live here, there are some realities we have to deal with. And yet, if we can learn to see them through God's eyes. I mean, one of those is sin and death. Sin and death are inevitable realities. But so are forgiveness and life. That is waiting for us. And so as we wrap up the message, let's let Peter kind of sum it all up for us. We're going to go to 2 Peter chapter 3, beginning in verse 8. And I want to just encourage you to be ready because there is a time for everything. 1 Peter 3, beginning verse 8. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come, like a thief the heavens will disappear with a roar the elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare and so the time's coming right now God has you living here and I'm here and we walk through the seasons of life some are, are joyous times birth of a child and others are challenging times as we care for one we love as they are passing from this world we find ourselves in those seasons but in seasons of joy or in seasons of sorrow God is always with us we need to recognize his presence and be ready for what comes yes there is that next season to deal with that will have its joys and also its challenges but there is the next journey for us as well. And the call is to be ready. So are you ready? Or do you think, ah, oh, that's not this season. I can do that some other time, some other day. Giving my life to Christ is something that's, that I'll, I'll do someday, but I've got some fun and I've got some living to do before then. Or I'm not quite ready to quit the sin in my life because I'm still enjoying it too much, too wrapped up in it. Brother and sister in Christ, if you've wandered away, it's time now. It's the time to come home and allow God to cleanse you and forgive you again so that you can continue that journey in the light. And friend, if you've never given your life to Christ, 
this is the time. There's no need to put it off. I know you don't know everything. You don't have it all figured out. But God will help you. Give your life to Christ, and he will help you on that journey. So maybe it's your time to understand that you need to change your way of living, to repent. And instead of being chief of your life and Lord of your life, confess Jesus Christ as Lord of your life and enter into the waters of baptism so that your sins might be washed away. Is that your time? Because if it is, we got time. We invite you to come right now as we stand together and sing. I know many of you uh, know Brandon, have met him already. We've, we've, we've had a great time getting to know him. And uh, Brandon's been studying God's Word, and he is ready to be baptized. And so as many of us have done in, in the Bible we read about, one of the things we do is we confess Christ as Lord of our lives. So Brandon, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? I sure do. I know you do, brother. Well, we're going to head up and we're going to baptize you.